Hey there, welcome to the Creative Metaverse Podcast, formerly known as the Game Artist Podcast. My name is Ryan Kingsline, and I'm the CEO of Vertex School, where we train creatives for the career of their lives. In this podcast, we interview amazing creatives and artists working in film, games, and building the metaverse right now. So sit back, relax, and enjoy. Right, I think I have Emre here. Am I, uh, am I right? Yes. Hey, Ryan. Yeah. I'm How good. are you? Good. Thanks. How are you? Doing good. I say the first name correct? That's correct. Yeah, Emre. Okay, good. I Googled it because you know, <laughs> okay. I got like the thickest American tongue possible. It's just. Luckily for me, it's not a really hard name to say. Yes. Yes. So you say. So how are you? Good to meet I'm you. Good. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Oh uh, no, absolutely. Thanks for taking time out of your your day. I know you guys. It's a, it's always a crazy life, you know. Lots of work. So I want to uh, talk yeah. a lot about that and um and you and what you how you learned and and your process and all that good stuff. So let me get started with just making sure everybody can hear. And uh, were you going to do a screen share or should I share the screen? I actually don't have anything to demo or like mm-hmm. show in ZBrush or anything. So yeah, if you want to share, I'm fine with that. Yeah, let me give everybody something. And then um, we had a couple of questions. You know what, here, let me just do the last name. There we go. We had a couple of people come up. Well, they had just had some questions about some of the detail and, and some of the work that you do in, in game. So we'll, we'll get to all of that. And so it's probably wise sure. to share my screen. All right. So thanks for joining me. Thank you. It's a pleasure. All right. Tell me, where are you working now? Is it still Sucker Punch? Uh, yeah, I'm still currently working at Sucker Punch as a character artist. Awesome. Yeah, working on uh, our new title, Ghost of Tsushima, which was announced yeah. last year, I think. Mm, yeah. yeah. And do you work next to Melissa? Is she around there, Melissa Altabello? Yeah, she's in the environment team. And uh, yeah, she's great to work with. She's pretty cool, man. I love Melissa. She's just... yeah. Yeah, she's a mentor here, but she's actually an old student of mine. Not that, you know, I taught her much. And uh, I've known Melissa for a long time. So what is it like? uh, How does character and environments interact? Tell me a little bit about that, because I got people that are kind of on both sides of the fence. And, you know, maybe somebody's on and they're thinking about either one of those right now. But how do those teams interact? In terms of the modelers and not the concept art, because we have character concept artists and environment concept artists as well. Yeah. For the modelers, we don't really interact that much. That's my experience, at least, for those for Sucker Punch. Mm-hmm. We usually, I as a character artist, I usually interact with the character concept artists, animators, riggers, sometimes even the people who write the story, the writers. Yeah. Um, but yeah, our works don't really collide with the environment artists. So, yeah. Okay. So what is your responsibility as a character artist? What is your deliverables? So when I get a character concept, mm-hmm. I usually go over I go over the concept with the concept artist and the rigger because there's the artistic side that we have to do. And then there's also the technical side that we have to deliver for the game. The, the right. character needs to work in the game as well. So I usually just interact with the concept artist and good communication is the key there because mm-hmm. as a character artist i personally like to know a little bit of the character itself so you know what's the story of that character 
what kind of like choices were made artistically so that I can mm-hmm. kind of push those in the ZBrush sculpt and all that. And also like for the realistic look and for the technical side, we have the rigging priorities like the cloth simulation and stuff like that. And I talked to the riggers for that, for those kind of reasons. Mm-hmm. And I even, like I said, I even sometimes go to the writing team and learn a little bit of the character, you know, in depth. And I kind of like try to transfer that into the sculpt that I'm making because right. like whatever you do, like it's an armor, if it's an armor or a cloth or anything like that, you kind of have to tell a story in itself. You're not basically a costume artist. I'm still responsible for conveying the, the story for that character as well. So a little bit of detail, like, you know, if the character is like in a survival area and has lots of like tattered cloth, stuff like that, you know, dents on the armor, that's yeah. usually for me to decide where to put and, you know, like how much of it I'm going to put. So yeah, basically as artists, we need to tell a story in whatever we do and it needs to be visually appealing. So I talk to the concept artists a lot and the, you know, the riggers to make sure it still works. Yeah. And yeah, after that, I take the character and I spend like a day to gather reference, which Mm -hmm. is like, I can't emphasize enough how how important it is to gather reference. And gathering reference doesn't mean that you're going to copy exactly what you see into the sculpt. But it's a, it's a great footprint for you to decide what you're going to do in terms of the, the realistic look. Mm-hmm. And, and then you kind of push the shapes and the silhouettes and stuff to make it more like visually appealing. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I try to like stylize a little bit so that it's more interesting to look at. And yeah, I usually go over the sculpt first and luckily for us, we actually outsource most of the low poly stuff. I mean, as a character artist, I'm still required to know how to make like clean, low poly and all that. So, yeah. And then it goes to texturing. But yeah. Sorry got if it. I you, uh, got it too long. You know, you're the first person that I interviewed to actually bring up the writers. Yeah. Because, I mean, even if I'm working on a personal project that yeah. I haven't done the concept for, I tend to talk to the concept artist, uh, like email them or whatever, I try to learn as much of the character as I can. And I try to see it more than an image, like a real character with a story. That really helps me to kind of wrap my head around the story that the character is in. So that also Mm -hmm. connects with the environments, the whole game. And my responsibility is ultimately to the the player who's going to play the game. Yeah. So the character should fit in that environment and in the story so for me it makes sense to talk to the writers and learn much more about the character before i start sculpting got it all right now at sucker punch what are the games that they've released we've got the ghost that's the one coming up what are the ones they've released before um sucker punch has released infamous games infamous one two first like also before that have the sly cooper games Mm-hmm. Which, yeah, I haven't worked on any of those games, but they've been pretty popular. And Sucker Punch, not surprisingly for me, we have a pretty good fan base, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. So some people were kind of disappointed that we have a new IP and not actually continuing the old IPs. Mm-hmm. But this is actually going to be pretty 
pretty awesome as well. So yeah, can't wait to show it to the world. Yeah, sorry. That's and that's what I was kind of wondering. Like, what is it like when you're there's so much time that you're in production right now? Because the last game release, you know, is a little bit ago, and then you've got Ghost, which is going to take some time, right? So there's some time before the company is releasing something new. Am I right? Right. Yeah. It is a huge game. It's much bigger than what we have done before, what Second mm-hmm. Punch has done before. And uh, it's an open world uh, adventure game. So it's going to be pretty big. So we're actually putting a lot of effort and time into it so that we can get the best result. Yeah. And the mentality that we're going with is not to have kind of like an unfinished project, but still playable. But we're actually going for really like full you know, crazy open world experience. So it is taking a bit of time, but it's kind of worth it in the end. Yeah. Do you have any games that you're trying not to emulate, not because of bad art or, but just, you just don't want to go down in that direction. Some problems, some, some kind of red lights that you're trying to avoid. Avoid playing or. No, just games that have not been successful. Or, you know, another way to, to say this exact question is, is, when you're working with games like this, are there games that are your kind of like guideposts? You're trying to go in this direction or you're, you think like this is something that you'd be good. And ultimately where I'm going with this is I have artists that are building characters and, and students that are building environments and things like that. And I always advise them, you know, they need a North Star. They need to be heading in a certain direction, you know, so, right. you know, so that they're not just doing this from scratch and and whatnot. So when you're working and creating your characters you're getting information from the from the writer you're getting information from the concept artist but are you also getting information from games and and other games and inspired like say horizon zero dawn by you know some of the stuff they've done or god of war and the new stuff that they've done you know is there stuff like that that comes into your process so to speak does that make sense right sure yeah um i personally actively follow god of war horizon yeah uh, all kinds of new games read that and it is it is an influence on uh, on me, like personally, but the game that we're making is going to be unique because the art direction that we're getting from our art director, Jason Connell, is, mm-hmm. uh, in my opinion, very unique. And like I said, it is realistic, but it's still very um, visually appealing. Yeah. So as much as we follow like what's going on in the industry, the new games coming up, you know, looking at the characters and stuff, we don't set those as kind of like a footprint for us to base our characters on because we have our own kind of path to follow and our own style and own kind of like internal story to to follow for the characters. But it is kind of inspiring to look at, you know, characters of Horizon, Zero Dawn, God of War, the all the you know cool games that you mentioned. Mm-hmm. But you know, in the like professionally we don't set those as kind of like the footprints, like I said. We still tend to surpass the quality bar that mm-hmm. that's been set in the industry, and I feel like we're doing a good job on that. But yeah, we tend to have a unique take on the characters. Mm, that's great. So, what do you think about like working in games as an art form, and at, you know, as somebody who's like you know, you do creature, you do character, you do animal, right? Like I see a right. lot of stuff in your portfolio uh, coming down here. And then we got this cool thing, the last post you did, this kind of Native American sort of uh, right. with it. So 
In terms of like working in games and as an artist, so, you know, you know, I can tell from your work, there's a real craft to the way that you're approaching this and approaching the work. What is one of the really just awesome parts of being in the game industry doing this, you know, as opposed um, to maybe say film or, um, yeah, I think we could just use it, leave it at film. Well, like I said before, I think any art form is super important to tell a story. Yeah. And the games is unique because you can tell a story by actually like letting the player interact with the story, mm-hmm. uh, which is awesome. And the, the characters that I, I'm making for the game, the players are going to be interacting with the characters. They're going to be talking or like they're going to be that character, which you don't have that in any other media. So yeah. that's something pretty fun for me to consider because when I'm making the characters, I always have that in the back of my mind that somebody's going to be playing this character and they're going to be looking at like really close up or, you know, taking the character to some like crazy places and stuff in terms of like interacting with them. So that's something since you don't have that preset story or anything like, you know, it's going to be changing based on the player who's playing it. So that kind of range of different things that you can do with the character. That's kind of scary, but also it's a a challenging in a good way. So that makes me consider like all the aspects of the character from every angle. You can't really say, oh, we're not going to see this part of the character in the game because, (laughs) you know, yeah, it's uh, people are going to be looking at like every aspect of it. And like most games right now have uh, the photo mode. So you can actually get really close. You can look at the character from different angles and stuff. Mm. And yeah, after the character is textured and it's all like it's in the game and you're playing your, the character that you're, you made, mm-hmm. you can actually just interact with the character that you made in the game, in the story. That's a whole different level of fun challenge for me. Yeah. What kind of software are you using? ZBrush you mentioned? Uh, yes, I, actually I use ZBrush a lot. Marvel Designer is key to mm-hmm. our workflow as well because, yeah. uh, we're doing a lot of well stuff, but Marvelous scanning software or scanning clothing. We don't scan clothes. Yep. We scan the faces. Okay. So yeah, that's that was kind of a bummer when I first got the job that I wanted to actually work on the faces as well, like something organic. But in terms of like realism and stuff, we're going with the and also uh, the actors. We we're going with the scan faces. But for the clothes, I'm using Marvelous Designer. And like Marvel's designers actually maybe like 50, 60% of my, uh, it gets you like 60% of the way for making the, the clothes, right? Because yeah. you then have to take it into ZBrush and then Marvel's designer tends to make everything pretty flat. So you add a lot of silhouette and kind of style into it in ZBrush. And yeah, after that, I finished a sculpt. I move on to low poly or we outsource to low poly. And since we have kind of a small team, we also overview the outsource artists and review their progress and, yeah. you know, just give feedback and all that. So that actually takes maybe like quarter of my time. Oh, wow. So, that's a lot, right? For managing yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. I manage uh, some of the characters and like give feedback, prepare for the outsource to work on mm-hmm. and also like all the weapons. So, yeah, like I said, we're a relatively small team, so we, we do that kind of stuff as well. 
And uh, after we get the low poly model from the outsourcing and the base, I integrate that into the game. And mm -hmm. then we have a awesome texture artist, a senior texture artist, Drew Harrison. She uh, usually textures the characters. I texture the characters sometimes as well, although I haven't done it in a while. I've been focusing on the, the sculpting stage. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it is super important to know actually how to do the textures, low poly, the whole workflow, because from the moment you start from the with the model designer and ZBrush, you have to think of how this character is gonna work in the game with the low poly so that you you have the ZBrush model arranged in that way so that you don't have any hiccups during the way. Got it. All right. So ZBrush Marvelous Designer, do you do the texturing or is that just Drew? I do some texturing. I did some of the like texturing before uh, mm -hmm. in this game. But like I said, haven't done texturing in a while because our kind of workflow makes me work on the sculpts, the highest sculpts uh, mostly, which I'm obviously not complaining. I, I love making, uh, I, I love working in ZBrush actually. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah, don't we? But <laughs> I, I do, I do textures. Uh, mm -hmm. every now and then. Okay, got it. So in terms of the pipeline of high poly, low poly, texture, mixed with materials, mixed with lighting and all that, your primary focus is high poly. That's correct, yes. Cool, including managing the low poly as it moves off and gets ready for the texture artist. Yes, that's correct. I also manage the textures that the outsource do for the weapons and some of yeah. the assets and stuff. Yeah. And some of the high poly ZBrush models are also done by the outsource, some of like maybe less important characters. And yeah. I also review those as well. So yeah, but mostly my my role is making ZBrush sculptures. That's cool. Now, now that we know what works, like ZBrush is fun. What sucks about this job? <laughs> Uh, <laughs> what sucks? You know, uh, like, we've I've got a group of people or they want to do this job. And, you know, maybe somebody's sitting here because I actually had one of my students turn down a job at Sucker Punch, I think. And I was like, how the on, on what planet do you turn that down? And he told me which planet he was on. So I was like, OK, okay. Well, but, you um, know, what sucks about this? If there's if somebody wants out, what out could we give them? Well, I mean, not specifically talking about Sucker Punch because I yeah, of course. I really think that Sucker Punch is a great place to work with, uh, yeah. work on with all like studio culture and everything, which is great. But for like any game company, when you're making characters for games, you have to be prepared for making you know repetitive work a lot, which mm. is which is actually low poly and like fixing problems because being a character yeah. artist is not just making pretty zebra sculptures, but you have to do a lot of problem solving. Yeah. Um, as I was mentioning before, you have to kind of like interact with the riggers and the concept artists. Yeah. Like uh, for instance, something doesn't work in the concept. It works artistically, but it's not gonna work in the game technically. So as a character artist, it's my responsibility to problem solve that kind of stuff and then you know just interact with both tech and art and then kind of combine my interactions with them and combine mm -hmm. that into one solution so that kind of stuff you know fixing low poly technical stuff is going to be repetitive and that's just the way it is for games so whoever want to work on the game industry as a character artist should in my opinion should be prepared for that that's actually a great point because I had one of my students score a job at a AAA studio 
And then he was not happy because he wasn't actually creating assets. And, you know, he was doing a lot of like just checking and fixing this and most likely the low poly stuff you're talking about. And uh, he was ready to quit, you know, because it was absolutely not what he was hoping to do. He was he's really, really into it. And he ended up talking to his lead and we were talking a lot and we found, you know, the pathway forward. But when somebody's starting out, what should the expectation, you know, be? And I know all studios are different, but specifically when somebody's starting out and they're just like getting ready to like, I got a job as a game artist and then boom, reality hits. And three months later, you know, what kind of work are they expected to be doing? You know, just so we set the tone, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah. I I think uh, like this kind of stuff, the podcast that that you're doing, uh, stuff like this is super useful for the aspiring character artists because you get to learn these like you know just hear the stories of the professionals and i've only been working in the industry for a little bit over um two years and Mm -hmm. i actually landed on this job thanks to the um game art institute class that i i got from adam scott so yeah 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 i actually the character that i worked on in that uh course actually Luckily for me, got selected as the top row in Zebra Central. And then yeah. one of the artists, a senior artist, worked at Sucker Prime, saw that, and then they reached out to me. So, oh. um, so but I, but I yeah, I, I actually had like different expectations when I got into that job. Um, yes. And exactly what you said, I did like tons of repetitive work. And it's just the way I think artists work is we kind of want to own what we do uh, Mm -hmm. from start to finish and because even though this is our responsibilities it's for the player in the end we tend to you know let's say bond with the character that we're working on so Mm -hmm. ownership is also important but i was actually for the first six months i would say i was getting a lot of uh, repetitive low poly works and it did help me a lot now that i look back it it didn't help me get much cleaner topology and like you know just wrap my head around the, the technicality of how, how a game character works in the engine yeah. but it was kind of painful to do so for me it never hurts to talk to people it never hurts to reach out to your lead or to your manager and tell them what you want and luckily for me they were like really receptive and yeah they like slowly got me to where I am now, which I'm super happy about where I'm now. And I think like, yeah, there's going to be some repetitive work, but it is important to just reach out to the lead or whoever's uh, overseeing you and just talk to your concerns about that. Like, you know, talk to him about your concerns because I think, you know, healthy communication is kind of underrated in the industry. It is super important. Not just for the characters that you're doing, not just for the technical side, but for this kind of stuff as well. Like what you want to be in like six months or like a year, yeah. just go ahead and talk to people. Yeah, that's great. And um, that's exactly what ended up being the solution was just talking to the lead uh, and being yeah. like, you know, this is how I'm feeling. And the next thing you know, it's like it's just it's just a couple of changes. And, you know, as long as you know, as long as you have a pathway forward. Right. Right. It doesn't happen like all of a sudden they started giving me like just parts of the character, small stuff to work on. 
and they thought that I, I did a good job on those. So mm-hmm. from there, actually, I'm, I'm making like full characters, you know, like important characters in the game. Yeah. And that also kind of pushes you because you want to do a good job, right? Yeah. That pushes you to, you know, be your best self and then get your quality higher. And like after you get into the industry, I was kind of surprised how fast I improved. And that's also thanks to my lead, uh, CMAC and Kibun Sacrifice overall, our, our art director. But if you don't push yourself and try to get better characters and just take it seriously, then you're not going to be where you want to be. Yeah. That's, and um, one of the things that we say here in, in the GAI is, you know, you're only really one model away from the job. It's right. it's just got to be like one really good model, right? <laughs> so it's like, yeah, it's like, I mean, that like, was the case for me. And yeah, that's what I, I mean, that's fantastic. It was one model, right? Right, yeah. And it wasn't even finished. It was just uh, the high res. And then uh, after I got hired, I finished the model and did the textures and lower. So. Okay, that's what I was going to ask you next because I remember seeing the the high res and I remember Jaime contacting us and he was like, "So this is your students' work? This is pretty good. You guys are doing good." Yada yada yada. And we were like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." <laughs> Great. So it was only the high res at that point, right? Uh, right. That gunslinger guy, um, mm-hmm. the Z Rush model. Yeah, so, this guy. Um, right. Well, on the me, right. Yeah. My uh, go to meeting interface is right there. There we go. This so, guy. Right? Yeah, that guy. Yeah. So, okay. uh, yeah, it was just at this point, and then I submitted to ZBrush Center, like I said. And then after I got hired, I still wanted to, like, well, the course was over by the time I finished this. Uh, oh, yeah. This is, still, how long did this take? I think the whole class was six weeks or something, and I was working full-time. And I was actually, you know, just going home after work and then working on this with Adam Scott's, you know, feedbacks and everything. Mm-hmm. So yeah, after after the class finished and after I got hired, I still wanted to finish this character because like I said, I had kind of like a my own story for this character in mind. Yeah. And I didn't make this character just to find a job, land on a job or anything. I mm-hmm. I like genuinely liked the, the character. I genuinely liked the concept. And I just wanted to do a good job because I wanted to see what I can do with this character in the end. Yeah. So I just went ahead and did the low poly and texturing. That's awesome. So beginning student, they're starting. Not all students got the results you got, right? What do you think really contributed? Of course, feedback's really important to get the results. But again, you know, even the people who got feedback, not everybody improved and implemented and got the work that got to the level that you got because, you know, it takes time. So what are some of the things that you recommend people do to really help level them up? And I say this in the context of that I got some YouTube conversation with somebody who's like, anything you put effort in is it's art. And I'm like, that's a bunch of BS because uh, I put right. a lot of effort forward every damn day. And I'll guarantee you a lot of that's not art. You know? Yeah, yeah. Um, so I was like, yeah. so effort doesn't guarantee achievement. You know, it helps, but it doesn't guarantee it. So what kind of efforts should people be putting forward? Like, what did you do that really got results? Because, you know, you definitely got results. And we'd like to replicate that. <laughs> you sure, know, in fact, sure, yeah, the, yeah. I built the boot camp after seeing some of the results and some of the processes, you know, of that class. Right. And right. I remember thinking, you know, that there's a pathway there for growth. We just got to dig in a little deeper, you know. And so, you know, you're part of that deeper. What did you do? 
Well, first, I actually, uh, before I forget, I want to say something about what Laura says on the side here. Um, yeah. yeah, with this model, I actually posted it before I finished it. But I think it's still pretty important to have it on a level that's like still presentable and yes. not like kind of like a ugly work in progress level. Because, I mean, all of us have like ugly, ugly uh, work in progress models. And for me, it's like as soon as, as the high poly finishes, to me, that's a presentable model to, to show people. But yeah, it's better after you finish everything. But yeah, just don't put something out there uh, or like I wouldn't suggest putting it out there without having it at a good level to show. Um, okay. And on your question, I know it's going to sound pretty cheesy, but for this character or like any of the other characters in my portfolio, I was pretty passionate about. And I have other characters that I don't, didn't put in my portfolio and gave me a headache when I was working on that I actually just started working on those characters because I was trying to find a job or I was just trying to impress someone. You know, like those characters that I made that are, by the way, still work in progress and I don't think I'm going to touch them again. Mm -hmm. Those characters are just, you know, for me to show, like get it out there. That didn't really work for me. Yeah, because I kind of thought that I didn't want to make those characters, but the, or should I say, like maybe the internet wanted me to, to make it or like the recruiters were looking for that character. Mm -hmm. But that wasn't really the way for me. For example, for this character, I already had like an idea and I was looking for a concept in Pinterest, Google, uh, wherever to kind of fit that personality. Mm -hmm. So I had the story in my mind already. But sometimes I, people do that. I, I do that as well. You just see a cool concept and then you start modeling or, you, you know, you, you have a, your idea. You don't have to like make anyone, anybody else's concept. You, ha you start making it, but after a while you, you get bored. You just don't want to get bored while you're making character. So that's something that I'm still, you know, learning, I, I mm -hmm. guess, because yeah. yeah. I actually started working on a character recently and I just wanted to kind of, you know, I guess impress someone or, you know, just have like a female character in my portfolio, which I still want. That. Yeah. But I wasn't that passionate about the concept yeah. or about the story. So that actually made me work on her like way too long. And I was really bored by the time I got to some point. And mm -hmm. so it's still work in progress. So I would actually suggest just going with your gut and whatever you want to work on. Yeah. And because we, we all have like interests and stuff. So if you actually do whatever you find visually appealing as artists, we have that in our minds and you actually go with your gut on whether you want to work on that character or not. And not just for the purpose of finding a job. I think that pays off in the end. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. So go with your gut. That's one of the things you did. Um, yeah. What else do you think really helped you get to this level? Because you're right. It's so easy to get bored with what we're doing, you know, because there's no denying it. We're doing this for a job. I mean, for the most part, if we're interested in games, there's some part of us that's doing this for a job because it is a job. That's the whole right. purpose. You know, it's not right. like, hey, I'm going to go out and paint a landscape and I know for a fact nobody's going to buy it. <laughs> you know, so right. Yeah. Like yeah. You know, I know I'm going to put this on art station. I'm hoping somebody's going to like it. So course, there yeah. is that. But 
you know, so what else can we do to move forward through? And, you know, like I said, you, you know, you've achieved it. So you focus on something that you liked and something you were passionate about. What else do you think really helped you? Because the other side of this is there's a crazy amount of stuff to learn and deal with, isn't there? That's, yeah, that's true. I mean, um, you got hair on this. You've got, you know, how'd the, um, the jacket get done? Is that all alphas and displacement or micro mesh or something crazy? That's noise and alphas. And Sweet. the fiber mesh, actually, I was, uh, this was my first time trying fiber mesh. Dang, because, that's pretty solid. Um, oh, thank you. Since I was taking Adam, Adam Scott's class on this, mm-hmm. I was using one of his model uh, in the, I think, order mm-hmm. as a reference. Yeah. And I think that's another thing that helped me a lot because I kind of like, I used to compare myself with the people who I'm working with or I thought like who I, I thought mm-hmm. were the same level as me yeah. uh, in terms of like experience and stuff. But comparing myself to, to Adam, to like a senior artist or, you know, someone who has like a lot more experience than me and yeah. trying to leech that, which I'm still not at that level, but it actually helps you grow more because like you, you don't actually settle the mistakes and stuff that you're doing. You don't say, Oh, I, I mean, I'm not a senior. So I have yeah. to, uh, like, this is fine for me. So that actually helped me because. I constantly had that that reference of uh, Adam's work mm-hmm. um, up and on the side, and not for like the technical or artistic side of it, but just the quality bar. That was kind of my quality bar, and I, I think it's great to set a nice quality bar for yourself. That mm-hmm. doesn't mean just you know like comparing yourself with a with a senior or lead artist or you know whoever doesn't mean that you have to be that level right at that moment, but it actually kind of pushes you more and pushes your limits because you're, you know, you just critique yourself based on that. Yeah. I love that. That makes a lot of sense because it's easy. And and I see this with some people in classes, for example, they'll post work and they know that this needs to get fixed, but they, you know, they, they look at it different because they're thinking of it like students. But if you're thinking of it like a job and you're comparing yourself with the professionals, you can usually see this is missing. That's missing. You know, and I don't even have to critique it. It's just somebody somebody can self-critique. So I love that. That that makes a lot of sense to just make sure that you're just holding it up to other high-level artists, basically choosing a higher peer group, so to speak. Right, that's correct. Yeah. And then get like, you know, getting in that mindset of being a professional. Maybe you're not a professional, but that mindset is is pretty crucial. That's awesome. All right. Um, I've got a couple of questions I wanted to get asked. So let me see if Robert, was it uh, was it you that had the question that we wanted to get answered today about the um, the samurai? Okay, okay, Andrew, shoot your question forward. Hey, so my question, um, I'm working on a samurai character, and I've been trying to do a lot of research on the armor and and just the construction of it. I just was wondering what was the process at Sucker Punch? How in depth was your research? And how much are you trying to stick to the uh, historical authenticity of how things are? Right. Well, this is looking pretty cool already. And uh, what we have at work, what we do is pretty similar to what you have here in terms of like the, you have the reference images and all that. And you have a clean marvelous designer scene here. And we, we are actually doing a lot of research. Like I said, I spend uh, a day, maybe more on researching these stuff. and. Our awesome team actually went to Japan and 
actually wore these armors and then recorded how to wear these and then all you know just the whole process so we have those reference videos of those and you know accessible for us at the studio as well and so i would say it's uh, we're, we're trying to go as accurate as we can but we're also keeping in mind that this is supposed to be art the whole game is is an artistic thing that we're trying to achieve so we are actually pushing some of the shapes like maybe it's not exactly one-to-one with the reference but it makes sense and then it looks better visually so we go with that so in my personal work as well that's what i try to do even though something maybe is not exactly the same as the reference mm-hmm. if it makes sense visually i go with it when i study like michelangelo's bernini sculptures and stuff i see that they tend to do the same like maybe it's not the hyper realistic thing to do and I, I respect that too if you want to go hyper realistic then go for it that's great but i like and like in the studio as well we like a little bit of kind of style to it but doing research like this that you made uh, is is super important and yeah we try to do as much research as we can and this is basically our, our workflow as well and when you're um, building these things out do you build them out in the way in which they're actually constructed in the real world does that help or it does help yeah it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to do that yeah uh, because I mean in real world world you don't have the low poly you know stuff and all the technical uh, limitations that you have in the game. So there's also another reason that I'm talking with uh, writers and stuff is because I want to understand the cutscenes that we're going to see that character, uh, like from which angles we're going to see that character, Uh, all that kind of stuff. So say under the belt, right? If you have any funkiness going on there, uh, not technically, but like artistically. Mm -hmm. And if the character is not going to take that belt off, then you can just get, you know, go ahead and go with it. But Yeah. yeah, like, since this is games, then you, you don't have to actually go exactly the, the way it's constructed, but it does help a lot. So I would suggest that. But yeah, it's it's not always the case. Cool. Andrew, is that any more questions that that answer it? Yeah, no, that's 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 great. Thank you. That's pretty crazy to hear you they um they actually get the suits on and uh and all that. That's awesome. Yeah, that actually, that helps a lot. Like even we have all the like close-ups, uh, yeah. different ways of like, even for these uh, like cotes and stuff, the, the sleeves that he was wearing, there's like different ways of wearing them or like the, the kimonos that they wear. They're like the archers wear differently. So even if it's the same clothing, there are like different ways of wearing them that we found out uh, looking into Japanese culture. So we're trying to be respectful of, of that as well. And it also gives us different, like, you know, visually interesting results. Yeah. So, yeah, we have great reference. But like I said before, we're not strictly costume artists. So it is super important to add your own artistic abilities, your vision as well. Yeah. Did you think you'd be doing this three years ago? No, I wouldn't. But uh, I mean, what were, you, what were you doing? What were you dreaming three years ago? I mean, before you took the class, before all this. I, <laughs> I was, I guess, I was dreaming um, what anybody dreams, like just to find a job and you know get into the industry, like you know get your foot in the door. Yeah. But I like, I'm pretty lucky. Uh, I consider myself pretty lucky because I'm I'm really into medieval stuff, Japanese samurai stuff. 
I collect swords and stuff. So that, for me, this was kind of like a jackpot. And it was kind of my first AAA job. So for me, it was, I was lucky. But three years ago, I, I didn't have anything like this in my mind. I, I was just trying to get as much knowledge, like tutorials or like even stuff like this, podcasts or like trying to learn from others. Yeah. But yeah, I, I always liked doing concepts or like creatures and stuff. And I think that like finding your own, finding your own designs and going through that process of trying to find a unique design that nobody's done before, that helps you a lot artistically. And uh, that gives you more kind of independence in your personal works as well. So I was doing that kind of stuff a lot as well. And I was also trying to experiment with different things. I also like stylized, like even like lizard style models and, and the textures. So I have a folder somewhere that I have a bunch of like stylized characters and hand painted. I still want to do it uh, if I can find time, but you know, just experimenting with what you want and then finding your path from there. Any advice you'd give the old Emery, the one who, uh, you know, was worried? Um, <laughs> I guess, like, I mean, since it's worked out, um, I would just, <laughs> yeah. well, the thing is like three years ago and I still do, like after work, I actually come home and work on my own stuff. I do yeah. uh, anatomy studies and stuff like that. And three years ago, I did the same thing and I don't really do it because I feel I have to do it, but you know, I, I just like to do it. So looking at my portfolio and I, I kind of feel like I felt like three years ago that what I was missing, that's actually why I, I took Adam's class as well. So working my ass off was the best thing I did. And mm-hmm. uh, I'm still trying to do that. But it also can get you burned out. Yeah. So doing other activities is also uh, pretty important, which is kind of cliche, but it is, it is very important. So I would just tell myself just to keep working on stuff even after work. Got it. But get up and take a break every now and then. Yeah, 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 definitely. All right, my friend. Thank you so much. I am so happy for your success. You know. Thank you. Thanks so much. Congratulations. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. It's great to have you back on this side of the the conversation. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Thank you. All right. Thank you guys for being here. Thanks for um, answering, Andrew. Thanks for getting the questions forward. If you guys got any more questions, shoot them my way. I can always shoot them over to Emery. And uh, say hello to Melissa for me. I sure, well every I love talking to Melissa every time. She's done a couple of classes here, and you know, just such oh, yeah, a- she's great. Yeah, I mean, like I said, uh, we don't get to interact with the the um, environment team as much as I like, but actually, we we actually worked a little bit up, uh, on some stuff. So she's great yeah. to work with. Yeah, what's it like to you know when you're in this crew? You guys are all doing stuff that you love, that you're trained for, you know, and. There's not a lot of dicks in this industry per se, you know. I mean, there's some, but you know. Yeah, pretty- yeah, and like uh, the ones that are in there actually are pretty much known. So yeah, and I'm like I'm I'm pretty lucky because the company culture in Sucker Punch, it's like people are pretty receptive about ideas and everything, and yeah. it's not just like hardcore work. You can you know talk to them about anything. They're pretty fun people. That's awesome. All right, man. Congrats. And uh, thank you guys for being here. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day. Thank you. All right. Take care. Thanks, Henry. Thanks, guys.
All right, thank you so much for taking the time out to listen to this. And I want to ask just two things of you. Number one, make sure to leave a comment or rank this wherever you are listening to it on Apple, uh, Stitcher, Spotify. Really makes a difference in helping us get the word out about this industry and about what we do. Number two, make sure you visit vertexschool.com to learn more about what programs we offer in this area as a creative and for artists who are looking to jumpstart their career and discover a new industry. Again, thank you so much for listening. We're accepting applications right now, so I look forward to hearing from you soon.